Welcome to day 234, shaped by the word, season two, the drama of scripture. We're working our way through the book of Isaiah. Uh, and I say through the book of Isaiah, we'll just uh, grab some you know, key readings and some key points. Uh, we have uh, you know this week looked at the song of the vineyard, and we've also looked at Isaiah's vision of the Lord in the temple uh, and how the train of his robe fills the temple. And when the seraphim simply pronounces his name, the doorpost are shaken and the temple is filled with smoke. And you have this wonderful vision of who, who God is. And Isaiah, after seeing who God is, sees himself for who he is. And he said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live in a people of unclean lips, and I've seen uh, the king of glory. Uh, we move uh, you know, from there to uh, chapter 7. And this is one of, uh, one of the more uh, you know, popular passages as well in Isaiah, where we have the prediction of a virgin who will be with child, and he will be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. And the context is really interesting when we look at this prophecy. So before we read uh, Isaiah chapter 7, uh, we offer ourselves in this moment for the Lord, for him to do in us by his spirit, through his word, what he desires to do to bring us into the fullness of, of his glory, to be his people, and to respond as Isaiah responds, to see our sin, to confess our sin, to be cleansed uh, by his, his, his presence and his forgiveness, and to, to be the sent out ones who respond to his call in our life. So before we read, uh, Katie, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Sounds good. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for um, your presence with us. That These are both um, just gifts that we do not deserve, um, but we're so grateful for um, to find you in your word, um, for your spirit to um, bring it to life for us and, and to interpret for us. Um, and so I ask that you would do just that as we read um, this chapter of your word today, God, um, wherever we find ourselves as we listen, um, God, that you would meet us where we are and um, that you would transform our hearts and that these wouldn't just be words on a page or a story that um, happened so long ago that means nothing to us now, but God, that um, it would be living and active and um, God, that you would use it to convict our hearts and um, humble us and transform us into the likeness of Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah chapter 7. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, king resident of Aram, and Pekah, son of Ramelah, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim, so the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of forest were shaken by the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, Shear Jashub, and meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the launderer's field. Say to him, Be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Ramelah. Aram, Ephraim and Remlah's son have plotted your ruin, saying, Let us invade Judah, let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves, and make the son of Tabiel king over it. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place, it will not happen, for the head of Aram is Damascus, the head of Damascus is only resin. Within sixty-five years Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remlah's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. 
Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He'll be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your fathers a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. And that day the Lord will whistle for flies from the Nile Delta in Egypt and for bees from the land of Assyria. They will all come and settle in the steep ravines and in the crevices and in the rocks, on all the thorn bushes and at the watering holes. And that day the Lord will use a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave your head and your private parts and to cut off your beard also. And that day a person will keep alive a young cow and two goats, and because of the abundance of milk they give, there will be curds to eat. All who remain in the land will eat curds and honey. And that day in every place where there were a thousand vines worth a thousand silver shekels, there will be only briars and thorns. Hunters will go there with bows and arrow, for the land will be covered with briars and thorns. As for the hills once cultivated by the hoe, you will no longer go there for fear of the briars and the thorns. They'll become places where cattle are turned loose and where sheep will run. I'm sorry, I um, wanted to go ahead and, and read <laughs> chapter going. eight. But anyway, it feels anyway. like it needs to keep going. Uh, <laughs> so we have uh, we have a very interesting you know prophecy that uh, has a lot of gravity in the New Testament. Uh, this is one that Matthew associates with. Uh, Mary giving birth to Jesus, and of course Jesus being the ultimate sign that God is, you know, that God is with us. In this particular, you know, in this particular instance, it's Ahaz who is aligning against the kings of Samaria and the kings of uh, Syria, uh, who are coming in to take, you know, to take them over and to establish, you know, their own king. And he's kind of trembling in fear, shaking, you know, as Isaiah mm-hmm. said, like trees that are blown, you know, blown by the wind. And Isaiah tells him, there is you know, nothing for you to fear. And he says, Ahaz, pick any sign you want, in the heights or in the depths. And Ahaz sounds kind of holy in his response. Uh, you know, I'm not going to put the Lord my God to the test. The, the truth is Ahaz had no confidence in the Lord as God. He had confidence in his alliances. And that's why you know, Isaiah will remind him, unless you stand firm in faith, you will not stand mm-hmm. uh, at all, which is the heart of this passage. I love how Isaiah points him to, um, I think, around verse 8, the heads of all of these um, kingdoms, is they're only people. They're only the, these sons or, you know, um, without reading it and taking time to read it, but they're only people. And the heads of this kingdom is God, or it should be God. And if you don't stand on the strength of the Lord then it will, you will only be, the, the head of your kingdom will only be people too, and you will not last. And it's just, um, man, it's, it hope, like you would think that it would be so humbling for him, and, and yes, like he would be like, oh my goodness, yes, the Lord is the head of these, of our people, and he is so much stronger um, than, than these kingdoms, but unfortunately, that's, that's not where it goes, but these are indeed treacherous times and of course uh, what Isaiah is calling Ahaz to do and and, and all of the kings 
uh, you know, the ill minister under is to not look to political alliances and not look to internal strength, um, but to look to the Lord uh, himself. And, uh, and, of course, that is, you know, a deep challenge for us. Uh, we have a lot of confidence as long as we have all of our, you know, all of our ducks in a row and everything's lined up exactly the way that we want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when all the props are kicked out from under us and we are in treacherous times and we're being tossed, you know, between, you know, nations that are bigger than we are, mightier than we are, uh, f- speaking in a figurative way, you know, where's our confidence? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, can we, uh, and, and this will be, a, this is a message of Isaiah quiet confidence in the Lord mm-hmm. uh, rather than a boastful confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and this is the Lord who, this pastor tells us he's He's the sovereign Lord. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to take place. He's the one that whistles and the flies show up. <laughs> you know, like, hey, come on. And and so, yeah, our confidence is in Him and that obviously carries all the way through to the New Testament where our confidence is, is in Christ and even Paul talking to the church the, in, in Colossians, he tells them, you know, because you were once alienated and because you were enemies, but now you've been reconciled through Christ's physical body. And then he encourages them in the same way in verse 23 of chapter 1, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. So that's that's the confidence of the New Testament, but it's also confidence here, you know, keep your faith firm in the Lord, just as we're called to keep our faith firm in Christ. That, that's our hope, that's our assurance, even when things seem really bad yeah, we know we know the right language so we know to speak of confidence in the lord uh when our confidence is really in other things uh, sometimes in our own abilities sometimes in our own strategies you know sometimes in the strength of the numbers around us and the alliances you know that we have and uh you know it, it's uh not uh sometimes our heart you know betrays us you know other things that we're really leaning in and of course isaiah's reminder is that uh uh, this is a kind of confidence that not only, you know, uh, that, that brings uh, not only calm but quiet, uh, that we can rest in him and know that he has our time in his hands. You love, to that that phrase, do not lose heart, you know, and, and why? Why can they not lose heart? Because the Lord is the sovereign Lord, and, and you know, he uses the covenant name here. It's, you know, God isn't just some generic God that we, you know, is, is fickle and, and we have to appease him or you know, keep him happy with us. But he is a God who has committed himself, you know, to us through a covenant. He is the covenant God. And and I love, you know, if the, if the covenant God says, the sovereign Lord says, it will not take place, it will not happen, it's not going to happen. And, and there is there is great assurance and grounds for, you know, faith and trust in him, not just because those things won't happen, but because of the one who will cause things to happen or not happen. And, you know, and so just this, this message from the Lord that I am sovereign, I am in control, this will not happen, and then in just a few chapter, I mean, a few verses later, we get this incredible, you know, promise that gets picked up in the New Testament. But then he says, "And I'll use Assyria as my instrument." You know, whatever, whatever the Lord desires to do, you know, He he's will do. do but He's sovereign over all. He's He's good. He is the covenant God, and He is a God that we can firmly plant our trust in, our faith in, and not lose heart. And, and this is a this is a good study in in, in Old Testament types. Um, the sign given to Ahaz, you know, was a sign that a, a young maiden, you know, in the house of, you know, in the house of David, uh, uh, would conceive and would give birth to a child. And by the time the child is weaned and, and it comes to a place where he can choose right from wrong, uh, you know, the, these kings will be no more. Uh, they will have moved on. And of course, uh, the 
fulfillment of that type is uh, you know, a, a young maiden who by the Holy Spirit gives birth to a child, and he is the true sense of Emmanuel with us. And, and so Isaiah goes back and said, in the same way that virgin offered hope to that generation, this uh, virgin mm-hmm. offers hope through her son uh, to all nations mm-hmm. for all times. So the uh, the anti-type is always mm-hmm. um, bigger than, than the type. Mm. That's powerful. Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah. Father, we thank you um, for, for this chapter. We thank you um, for who you are. You are sovereign over all things and, and what you promise you bring about. Um, Father, would we um, be a people who do not lose heart today, but instead... Um, are, are reminded of um, the great fulfillment, um, the great, the great one who has come, who was born a virgin, who became one of us, who took on flesh, um, and in so doing went to the cross and and took our sin upon himself. Um, Father, would we behold um, the beauty of Jesus today? Would we behold the wonder of our salvation in Him? And and Father, would our our faith be strengthened in You? Uh, We thank you for the grace we have in Christ Jesus. Uh, Father, would you cause us to be your people today, um, to bring glory to your name and to go and to to tell everyone uh, of the wonderful things you've done. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.